Guys, uh, next week I'm going to be away. I have to go to a wedding, so can you record without me? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be the same thing as when you're here anyway. I mean, okay. uh, sorry. All right, good deal. Thanks. Just, you know, don't do not do anything weird, okay? <laughs> what? Who, yeah. us? Weird. I mean, like what? Like, like focus on a stupid character or, you know, just go off <gasps> the rails. Um, I think... Uh, I think we should do D-Man. Yep. Yeah, See, he's... this is exactly what I'm talking about. Don't do that. What's wrong with I'm leaving you with the keys to the store. Please don't burn it to the ground. What's wrong with D-Man? Really? Do, you, do, we, do we have to? How many levels do we have to visit on this? Just don't do it, okay? <laughs> you right. know what? Just so that you go and you have a clear conscience in mind, just we're good. We won't do D-Man. All right. I thank promise. you. Thank you. I look forward to listening to what you guys do. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you later, Paul. Okay. Later, man. And yeah, f*** him. We're doing D-Man. Yeah, let's go. Back. Ta-da! Gotcha, bitch! All right. <clears throat> Who's bringing it in? You bringing it in? I guess one of us has to bring it in since their Schlinkmeister isn't here. <laughs> How about we bring it in together? Ready? On three. Sure. One, two, three. Hey. Hello! <laughs> what was that? <laughs> hey. 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 Welcome to Avengers Spotlight. My name is D-Man. <laughs> hey, stop making fun of the homeless Inuit smelly... <laughs> Assassin, wrestler, well, yeah, this aircraft mechanic. History is, He's all um, over the place. Yeah, he is. He is. This is the all-new, all-special D-Man episode because Paul's <laughs> away and the mice will play. You know, you make you make one little offhand comment or joke, and the next thing you know, it's become a thing. And uh, and this has That's become right. a thing. Where this all is of all sudden... the way back from the promo we did. Yep. And somehow or other, I've become like the D-man guy, and I don't I don't know <laughs> shit about this guy. You know, it's it was just it was a joke, you know. But all of a sudden, I've I've become the D-man guy. D-man, <laughs> D-man, and Green Lantern, Green Lantern. The funny thing is, I think D-man was a, was an Avenger. He was an Avenger, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I had to get up to speed on this guy because now my book I had read before, but I think. You know, I, I always struggle to remember exactly where my gaps in Captain America are, and I know it started right around this issue. So I, I knew the guy in very broad strokes from this issue, and probably not a lot of issues forward. Uh, and I'll, and like I say, we'll we'll mention what issues uh, here shortly. So you know, I didn't really know much about him. Um, in his, you know, quote unquote classic phase, it wasn't really until later in his history where, you know, as we'll discuss, I'm sure, you know, he became kind of a joke. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting to, to learn more about him to, you know, to see him, you know, at his beginnings and, and then, you know, kind of see him more or less, you know, at his end and then just trying to figure out and, and fill in the blanks in between, you know, how did he get from, from here to there? You know, how mm -hmm. did he get from, you know, I don't know he was ever a great character, but, you know, I mean, he was, he, you know, he was a character. 
and, you know, how did he get from from where he started to where he wound up? So that's that's kind of what we're going to discuss, I think, tonight. And it, it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's quite <laughs> the path. I mean, a lot of comics characters have you know their their histories and you know with you know rises and falls and you know peaks and valleys and all that. But this guy's all over the place, as you say. So yeah, it'll be interesting to to look into that. But yes, we are serious. We are doing a D man uh, centric. Avengers Spotlight. <laughs> yep. Well, we should probably introduce ourselves before we get too far into this. So, hi, I'm Scott Gardner. Uh, joined, as always, by one of my very, very, very good friends, Dr. Bill Robinson. Yay. And, unfortunately, uh, Paul could not make it. He had a prior commitment this evening. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, washing his hair or something. Um, he did say that he... Oh, wait. He says right here, I'm around if there's an opening for me to... <gasps> Ladies what? and gentlemen, no, no, Mr. Really? Paul Spataro. Do we want to go ahead and add him in? Hell no. <laughs> I know. Let's do it anyway, though. Hold on. Well, I didn't see that message. Obviously, he only cares about you. Is All right, really? I'll oh add him. Oh, my God, him. it really is 8.57, isn't it? Yep, go ahead and here add come, him on in. Here comes the big boy now. Here he is, Mr. Pigface Boy. Here's Shh. Pigface. Here he is. I told you to. No D man. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Nothing. We haven't even discussed our books yet, which are on Wonder Man. <laughs> Wonder how we got here, man. <laughs> we what haven't did I we tell haven't you? begun yet if uh yes, if, we if just, you're prepared no, to stop us. There, because there was technical difficulties on my end, and we only just started to record like five. Show proper started five minutes ago, so you're here for the whole thing. I don't know if I could stay awake that long, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your exposure to D-Man, Paul? Uh, really very, very little. Uh, I, I think the first exposure I had for him was when... Uh, when they rebooted the Avengers after the Heroes Reborn thing. Yeah. And they had all the Avengers together kind of in an auditorium and nobody would sit next to him because he smelled like like dirt. We, yeah, we, that's, yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to be talking about that, yeah. But yep. uh, Scott's book has Cap's first exposure to D-Man in more ways than one. <laughs> he had lots of exposure to D-Man, let me tell you. Yeah, which right. I guess we'll discuss that when we... Uh, yeah. Should I mean, we just go ahead and yeah, dive yeah, right into just, this? Or? Yeah, just let's just go in the first book, and then we'll uh, <laughs> okay, we'll go from there. You got to tell me which which book you're going with? Ah, uh, yes, Captain uh, America three twenty eight. Okay, Dennis Dunphy as the Demolition Man first appeared. Now first appeared as the Demolition Man in Captain America number three twenty eight. Now I had always assumed this was his first appearance. It turns out I'm wrong. He actually was a friend of Ben Grimm, the Thing. In the things series that uh, that took place, you know, with the Secret Wars, and you know, right after Marvel t uh, Two and One got canceled and everything, so he was an existing character in that. But he doesn't become D Man, Demolition Man, until this particular issue. So uh, this is Cap Number Three Twenty Eight, and we're going to look at a little story entitled "The Hard Way." It was written by <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry. I knew that was going to happen. Written by Mark Grunwald. Uh, the story was illustrated by Paul Neary, of all people, and sabotaged by Vince Coletta. More on that later. 
The cover uh-huh. was by Cap Artist Artiste Extraordinaire Mike Zek with inks by frequent collaborator John Beatty. And I guess that almost looks like a John Byrne with the way Cap looks, but it, it does. I think uh, I think Zek's uh, Captain America frequently looked uh, a lot like mm. Byrne. I think that's one of the reasons I always liked uh, Zek's Cap so much. Uh, but yeah, this is Zek and uh, and Beatty. And uh, I'll tell you guys, I desperately wish that this pair had done the interiors as well. Uh, unfortunately, didn't. You know, by this point, Zek had moved on, and sadly, according to what I was looking at today on Mike's Amazing World, he would never do a regular series again for any significant length of time. Uh, he had he basically he'd become the cover guy, and he mm-hmm. would continue to be one of the, the most prolific cover artists of the mid to late. 1980s right into the early uh i'm sorry the mid to late 80s right into the early 90s uh and you know that's how he would maintain his connection uh, his connection to cap was by doing cap covers uh, but he never came back to cap and again he never really did a regular book uh at that point he did some interiors of course but it was kind of all once he left cap it was he was kind of all over the place he did secret wars and you know as far as like regular titles it would you know it'd just be like an issue or two here and there and all over the place but he never did a regular run again uh, and i'm not sure why i guess the cover work was enough to uh to get him through anyway speaking of covers so on this one we have uh captain america and he is strapped into some form of machine and he is thinking to himself has it come to this while he watches this new hero who is uh fighting with a couple of toughs and the new hero is saying, don't worry, Cap, I'll save you. And here's a visual. So the new hero is wearing Daredevil, Marvel's Daredevil's original outfit, the yellow and black one, with Wolverine's cowl. And behind him it says, Daredevil? Nope. Wolverine? Uh-uh. It's D-Man. So there you go. There's the cover. But I, I like it. I think it's a good cover. I, I like the art on it. Although... uh the inks on the bad guy that's immediately behind D-Man uh, look a little look a little weak. It almost makes it look like a different artist team than uh, than these two. But everything else on the cover I really like. Um, our story starts with a pretty decent splash page, and it is one of the very few decent pieces of art in this entire issue, unfortunately, of Cap busting through some double doors and entering the gymnasium of the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation located in Los Angeles, California. Complete with a roided-out freak pressing a weight labeled one ton in our immediate foreground. Cap is impressed, both, both by this show of super strength and by the training center itself, inter-monologuing that the Avengers Mansion ain't got nothing on this place. Despite all attempts to impress us, the reader, the two-page spread that follows fails due to utterly pedestrian and uninspired inking by Coletta and Ken Fedenewick, whatever his name is, uh, the colorist, apparently having been given the coloring assignment based solely on his ability to stay within the lines. The colors are too bright, too monochromatic, and way, way, way too coloring book, if you know what I mean. It's just, it's very uninspired. Uh, anyway, Cap is looking for an Edward Garner, uh, but when he asks around, all this does is draw the disdain of the folks using the gym who don't believe he's actually Captain America, and they proceed to put the smackdown on him. 
Despite his own ability and ba uh, battle prowess, Cap knows when he's outclassed and quickly finds himself in real danger of serious injury when a dude who looks like a cross between Hyperion of the Squadron Supreme and Nuclon of DC's Infinity Inc. come to his rescue. Convinced Cap is really Cap because of the Avengers' ability to answer a trivia question, the rescuer introduces himself as Demolition Dunphy. But you can call me Demo if you want. Dunphy was, according to him, one of Ben Grimm's uh, best pals uh, when he was with when Ben was with the UCWF. Cap figures if Grimm with, was friends with Dunphy, then he's got to be a decent enough Joe. They walk and talk, get acquainted, and things seem to be going swimmingly until... Now this is D-Man talking. Say, I can scrounge you up a spare towel if you want to rinse off the sweat those meatheads make you work up. All right! And Cap strips off his uniform, and he and Dunphy head to the showers together. Well, you got to do Cap's inner monologue. Uh, Demo's quite a yeah. likable guy. I can see why Ben hit it off. <laughs> yeah, we are not making this up, and I'm gonna just move quickly past this part of the story because it just no no yeah. no 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 no. Let's not pass that one where they're in no! the tower looking into the door. No! Say, Demo, if you don't mind my asking, how did you and your fellow wrestlers get so darn strong? <laughs> As the steam rolls out the door across uh, their wet, glistening bodies. No! So, Ew. Dumphy gives Cap, gives Cap his origin story, which, in a nutshell, was that he was a self-admitted all-American redneck jock who wasn't good enough at sports ball to uh, be recruited by any teams and ended up being seduced by the power broker into becoming one of his lab rats. Now super powerful, Dunphy got into the UCWF as a way of still being able to be an athlete but not hurt anybody. Cap inquires about the power broker, but Dunphy says that the thing and a quote-unquote lady friend, who I'm presuming is Ms. Marvel, I think, busted up yeah, his operation. Uh, yeah, the Sharon. We just Sharon... did. We just did the last issue of the thing where yeah. the thing was mutated and everything. Oh, yeah, but we... you missed the panels about Cap lathering up his hair. Stop and it! Then D-Man Stop it! Offering him a towel. No! Files, <laughs> I didn't miss anything! <laughs> uh, uh, ah. But anyway, Dunphy says that the thing and a lady friend busted up his, meaning the power broker's, operation and the power broker dropped out of sight. Cap is convinced that there is a connection between the guy he's looking for, Garner, and this power broker dude. Wait a minute, Garner? That sounds an awful lot like Gardner. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Dunphy volunteers to accompany Cap on his quest and try to find the power broker, and Cap agrees. That night, Steve Rogers picks up Demo in a nondescript van and notices immediately that the wrestler has shaved off his stupid-looking mohawk. Dunphy says that he made a superhero suit for himself, too. Wanna see it? Look, Demo, let's get this straight. I'm working with you on this job, I'm, but I'm not really in the market for a new regular partner. And I thought, what a dick. <laughs> just, he's very, very business about this. But, but Cap, but Cap, we showered together. Yeah, I thought exactly. we had a connection. I thought we had something. Uh, apparently not. Ooh. Cap and Dunphy, now attired in his D-Man costume, check out a warehouse belonging to one Dr. Carl Malice, or Malice. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, when I say that out loud, I just realized, oh, Dr. Malice. Oh, oh really? Uh, anyway, Dr. Dr. Malice. Dr. Malice practice. Dr. Malice practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly following a tip by the West Coast Avengers, but they come up dry. Next morning, 
Over breakfast at a diner, Dumphy confesses that he thought going into action with Captain America would be a little more exciting, but vows to stick with Cap to see this thing through. He asks Cap uh, just why he's hunting this guy he thinks the power broker knows anyway, and Cap tells him of his recent troubles with the Super Patriot, and how, at the end of the day, he's thankful that the Super Patriot called off their fight when he did because Cap fears that he might have actually beaten him meaning Super Patriot beating Cap. Cap is troubled because the Super Patriot managed to shake his self-confidence and he wonders if, perhaps, Captain America has lost his edge. Dumphy wonders to himself if maybe the reason Cap is seeking the Power Broker is so that he himself can get quote-unquote souped up. Oh, wait, Later, wait, 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 you missed when they got out of the van together and he was in his new outfit. This is Backup. what's called Just... a synopsis, okay? Well, you okay. Don't... <laughs> all right, all right. We'll come back to that. Cover every second of the story. I was trying to. I was trying to keep it That's brief and encapsulated. I know. <laughs> We're aware. Well, I found a pre-canned one for mine. Oh, again so to write my own. Well, there's not much to my book. Yeah, Lazy there's not. <laughs> no, his is his is very much a modern issue. So yeah, it takes like thirty seconds to read it. I bet I could stretch it out. Anyway. Anyway, later, Rogers and Dunphy separate to cover more ground and scour Los Angeles, investigating all the likely places where the power broker would send his talent scouts. Grumman's Chinese Theater? Yeah, four days later, they reunite at Grumman's Chinese Theater, where Dunphy (laughs) has good news, a solid lead in the form of a business card from the power broker. They proceed to the address on the card, which turns out to be an ice cream parlor, and Rogers enters alone. Upon giving in a secret password, Steve is admitted through a special door where he is subjected to rigorous scans before finally coming into the presence of a shadowy figure obscured by blinding lights aimed directly at Rogers. Steve is grilled as to why he wants superpowers, and we, the reader, are privy to the fact that the shadowy figure is being fed quote-unquote truth probability percentages as to the veracity of Rogers' answers, and that the man can tell that he's not being entirely truthful. Realizing he's not getting anywhere, Steve abandons the ruse and just charges at the guy, uh, but is in for a rude surprise when he discovers that the guy isn't a guy at all, but rather a dummy wired up with a speaker for a mouth, and he's immediately set upon by two ginormous muscle-bound freaks who proceed to tear up the joint trying to crush him. Rogers manages to avoid the goons and tries to flee, but is eventually caught and tranquilized. He is turned over to Dr. Malice, who is working there after all and is rigged up for experimentation. Malice is fascinated by Roger's quote-unquote primitive augmentation and wants to see what will happen to him when he goes through Malice's procedure. Meanwhile, Dumphy has waited his agreed-upon 30 minutes and now Demolition Man goes into action, storming the ice cream parlor, busting through the special door, and running head-on into Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Does he have Cap a theme song? man yeah, it's sung by Grace Jones, doesn't, right? Doesn't it feel like he should? D-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I don't know. Well, there's the... Uh, hey, you know what? Bill has totally infected both of us. Now you're singing, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, well, bastard. Well, there's the, uh, you know, the Demolition Man. That's true. Oh, man, why did... I pulled up the CBR of this. I don't know why, and it just happened to come to the panel where he's standing there in his towel. 
happens in the middle of the augmentation procedure when the order is given to evacuate the facility and Malice abandons the lab, leaving Rogers at the mercy of the machine. D-Man rushes in, wielding Cap's shield, and frees the good captain. D-Man, this machine, is it the Augmenter? Looks like the same one they used on me. Why would they want to augment me? An enemy. Beats me, but I know someone who would know. D-Man goes out of the room and returns an instant later with the unconscious Malice. He shakes the little twerp to rouse him and Rogers grills him. Malice, it turns out, is just a sadistic little shit who knew Rogers' muscles would explode if he was just left <laughs> in the machine. He tells Rogers that he has been partially augmented, but, quote-unquote, I'd, I'd have to finish it to make it permanent. Cap debates with himself on this, considering how, once upon a time, the super soldier serum had been state-of-the-art and put him at the peak of human perfection, but these days, that just doesn't seem to be enough anymore. So many of those that he's forced to go up against are simply much stronger than he is. Super strength would come in handy, but... What happens if I don't finish the treatment, Malice? Any harmful side effects? I can't truly say, says the doctor. No one's ever stopped at this point before. D-Man asks Cap what he's going to do, and he admits that it's a difficult decision, but eventually Steve decides that, quote, if something's not broke, why fix it? The end. And uh, I'm sure we will get into the horrors of the art on this, but artwork aside... I, I kind of liked this story. Um, but it you was... missed the subplot about Cap's back pay for. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know where that. And, and, yeah. yeah, the IR. Uh, yeah, that was kind of. I, I intentionally skipped that. I, I yeah. know where that goes. I mean, eventually that is, you know, the, that whole subplot that leads to um, to Rogers yes. resigning being Captain America. But I, I, I figured that's a, you know, that's a different story for a different day. So I didn't go into all that. But. Yeah, feel free to to dig into the things that I that I kind of breezed over because I, I know there were a number of them. D man's yeah, clearly, clearly you just wanted to focus on D man and his wonderful <laughs> D manness, despite the <laughs> fact that I told you two not to do D man. <laughs> leave you with the keys to the car for one day, and I come back. I like back how D man's going to squish Malice's head with his two fingers. I mean, am I wrong in thinking on... Damn it, the friggin' pages aren't numbered in this. All right, so this would be page one. Some of them are. you've got the double-page spread. Then you got two. So page three, essentially, would be the page where D-Man rescues Cap from all the other wrestlers. Does he not look very much like a DC character in that costume? You know, I I couldn't place Newt, but once you said... New clown, I was like, oh yeah, he's right out of that. <laughs> exactly like the guy from Infinity Inc. Duh. Yeah, yeah. He really red hair does. and all. Red, red, really red mohawk and all. Some of those you costumes. Say, I said he looks really stupid. <laughs> Why is what? one of the guys in there dressed like Nomad? That's what I yeah, thought. Pretty, too, pretty yeah. close to Nomad's costume. Yeah, the little it King really Features is. Logo on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's it's it is. It's essentially Nomad just with a different. Uh, yeah, you're right. It does look like King Features on his chest. But yeah, I thought a number of these outfits looked. Yeah, because they're basically they're giving Cap shit because they think that he's some guy trying he's, to rip off Cap's shtick, and then so many of these other people also look like existing characters. So what the hell? Because mm-hmm. that big horn-headed freak with the giant dumbbell—he looks like one of the members of Zodiac, doesn't he? Like yeah, Taurus. Yeah, Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. Or there was another know. character, like uh, a Mexican. Uh, a Mexican hey, Ice Pick, check out this dude dressed like Captain America. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There was another a Mexican villain with with the you know El Toro kind of El Diablo. 
Right. Something like right. That. And for all I know, that was his name. I don't remember, but there Did was definitely. Did he fight Daredevil? The guy you're thinking of? Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, not not Manbull, obviously. Right. Yeah. No, I I know who, who you're who getting. Did fight at, Daredevil? I yeah, I can't think of his name. Now, if I like who's listening does know who he did, uh, who he was, and who he fought. That doesn't really matter, so don't even bother telling us. <laughs> okay, so this this really cryptic. Okay, if you're really Captain America, answer me this: Where did you first meet Ben? Uh, I met Ben when the Avengers and the FF fought the Hulk in New York City. Duh. Okay. Uh, how that many times did that probably that. happen? Gonna... Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. That doesn't answer shit because, you know, all you'd have to have is, you know, somebody who's really obsessed with Captain America, you know, and they they could answer that trivia question, I'm sure. So that 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 really doesn't prove anything at all. Yeah. But I See, mean, what you should else? have asked him was, have you showered with Ben? Do you know? <laughs> I've spoke too much. Well, I think we're we're beating around the bush, so to speak. Um yeah, that is the elephant in the room in this issue is that, hi, hey I now. just met you. Want to go take a shower? And it's like, oh, I know, see why they call you D-Man. You know, I, I know that Cap's, you know, he, he's a nice guy. He's very polite and everything. But, yeah. Um, yeah but I, see, Cap's a military guy. He's been in showers with other guys before. It's nothing he hasn't seen. Yeah, I have too. But, I mean, you know. Ew. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's uh. now you know what I mean. Speaking as what I consider to be kind of a normal person, you know, I think we've all, <laughs> been, in, we've all been in a situation where that happens for whatever. You know, you have a, you know a locker room situation or whatever, but you don't seek it out. <laughs> you do it because it's a necessity. You need a shower and 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 you, you know you have to, but you don't you don't like say oh you know hey let's grab a shower together. I don't. You just don't right. do that. I don't stand there naked and hand another man a towel when he's coming out of the shower. That's for damn sure. I have a towel. No, it's okay. I got one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's and and just looking at this book, I pretty much totally agree with you on the artwork, and it's it's kind of almost subtly bad. Now like you can here's follow the, thing. the story and everything, but just it's so I don't know, it's just so simplistic in the way Plain. it's drawn. All the figures it. look almost exactly. I mean, like. Okay. Here's here's the thing on this though. Before we get too much into the art, I want to ask you guys a question. Have you ever read the Alan Davis Paul Neary run on Detective Comics that was literally coming out at the same time as this? It was it was the Mike W. Barr run on Detective. I did not. It no, was not it was sure. just after the crisis, and it is awesome. It is it is classic artwork. I mean, if you ever read Batman Year Two. Um, like the covers to Batman Year Two are are almost all by Davis and Neary. I mean, they are just an, a phenomenal art team. Now, granted, Neary was doing the inks on that; it was Alan Davis actually doing the the pencils. But I cannot help but believe that the art in this sucks so much because it's Vinnie Coletta just destroying. The art, because I, I mean, I have seen Paul Neary, and Paul Neary is a is a really, really good artist, and you'd never know it by this issue, because this this art sucks. Do you agree? Yeah. Well, I I agree. As I said though, like it's almost like subtly bad. Like like at a glance, you don't realize how bad it is until you start looking at it closer. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think you're 100 percent right. I think it's the inking. I, I yeah. think it, it's it's the lack of detail and and just you know it looks like you know Coletta probably like rushed right through this. Not only did he rush through it in my thought process, 
But this is also kind of an older Vinny Coletta. So, yeah. so it's, he's rushing through it, and he's probably got less of the skills that he had when he was younger. This is I don't give a shit at all Coletta right here. Yeah. That's what this is. It, it's terrible. It, it, it's really bad. And it, and it kills me, because I would, I would love to know what this actually looked like. I, I wonder if there's anywhere online where you could find, like, the pencils to this, you know, before it was inked or something. I, I don't know, but... Probably yeah, not. I don't, I don't think, you know, pencils... Uh, you know, when, when you can find raw pencils online, it seems to be, you know, there's not an abundance of it out there. Right. It, it seems like there's selected pages that you can find, uh, and usually right. it's, it's the more well-known, you know, you can find... Jack Kirby pencils out there. You can find some Neil Adams pencils out there, but you know Paul Neary. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably not. It, it's it's too bad because yeah, it's it's really it's really not good in this issue. I, I think it's it's a combination. It's you know as you say, it's the inks most definitely, but the lack of detail, particularly in the backgrounds, coupled with this just piss poor coloring job i mean this coloring job to me looks like it was done by a 12 year old whose assignment was color it like it's a coloring book it, there's just nothing at all uh inspiring about it. it it's just one solid color after another so the the colorist is is not helping and the that combination of shitty inks with lack of detail and just constant solid colors in every background it just it 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 just it's beyond bland you know what i mean there's there's just no action to it at all and i mean there there are some action sequences and even the action sequences are just dull so it's a real shame cuz the story itself i didn't think was half bad i don't know what do you what do you guys think did you, what did you think of the story itself i could have done without the shower sequences <laughs> Well, yeah, it's kind of funny because we've got another story here to where, I mean, this is long removed from the book, some of the books we just covered recently on Avengers Spotlight to where Cap's having the whole inner monologue with self-doubt, which back then it was, you know, will Nick Fury love me? Oh, Nick Fury. And, and here this is, you know, will, you know, am I good enough? Do I need to augment myself further? Can I cut it in this world? Which was kind of like a lot of the stuff he was saying back back in Avengers. What was that? Eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. That we did, you know. So it's it's a little bit of the same. That self doubting Cap. Yeah, I you know I'm not sure how I feel about that. I like Cap having you know foibles and everything to give him you know to give him character and to give him motivation and everything. But I was always content with that being you know the thing with Bucky and all of that. But but Cap with doubts. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, I don't want him to be an arrogant prick, don't get me wrong, but, you know, taking, like, Chris Evans' you know, big screen portrayal, you know, as a great example, I don't ever get the impression with that that he doubts himself. I think sometimes he has to maybe struggle with some decisions a little bit, but ultimately when he makes yeah. up his mind, he's made up his mind. I don't, I don't see his character as doubting himself. If anything, he's rather the reverse, that once he makes up his mind about something, then he's got, like, iron resolve about it. Well, that's, I mean, the most famous Cap scene, the most most famous Cap scene or scenes are when he faces off against Michael in the Korvac saga or when he faces off against Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet, where he says, you know, you have the power of a god, but I don't care, I'm not going to stop, I'll find a way to defeat you. Right. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's not self-doubt. It's just the opposite. It's and I'm not giving him, up on no matter what. Yeah, and right. here he's him hawing a little bit about getting his butt kicked by the super, by by the Patriot. Right. Yeah, that, that's one of the things in this book that as you were going through it, uh, you know, first he's fighting these these bush leaguers. Yeah, they're powerful, but they're a bunch of mopes. And it's like, oh, there's too many of them. He can't take them out. Come on, he's Captain America. They're mopes. Well, it, I don't know. It was so much. I, I think what it was is that he was just concerned that um, they're just yeah. there's so much more powerful than he is. Which I I know that that's not something Captain America would usually worry about because he faces people, and he even says it himself. You know, I face people all the time that are more powerful than me. But I think what it what it came down to is eventually he was he realized that despite his ability and and you know as i said in the, my synopsis his battle prowess and everything still you know when you're when you're batman going up against a you know a, a room full of superman eventually you're probably going to get your ass kicked you maybe, know no matter maybe, how but, good you are maybe but captain america doesn't sit there and say oh they're going to beat me he says what do i have to do to give myself the best chance to to you know overcome right. these incredible odds against me right. and then he's losing to this other super patriot mope stop <laughs> Who wrote this shit? This that's, is Mark that's, Grunewald, baby. I mean, I, and I like Grunewald, and I and and overall, what I've read from his run, I've enjoyed. I haven't read his whole run, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure I really appreciate his take on Captain America in this particular issue because he 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 doesn't seem to have the character down to me here. So I don't know. I I, I, I self doubt as far as hey, I wish I had done better. I can go with that for Captain America. Self-doubt as far as, oh, I don't know what to do. The odds are against me. No, I, I don't accept that. Now, are you talking about that when it comes to facing all those guys in the beginning of the story? I'm talking about anybody, anywhere, anytime. Captain America doesn't back off because he thinks there's superior power to him. I got you. Well, I mean, I, I mean, did you read? You didn't read this. No, I didn't know I was going to be on with you two tonight. I thought this was going right. to be finally the night where you guys were going to record without me. Then I got wind that you might be doing D-Man, and I came on to stop you. <laughs> Too late. So, I mean, this this might be based on my synopsis, so I don't want to create the wrong impression here, because I don't think that there's ever really a moment where Cap's like, you know, as you say, oh, no, they're going to defeat me. It's more that he he realizes that... He could be in trouble. He could be in a bad spot when it comes to facing all these wrestlers because they are all super powered and he's not. Um, when it comes to the thing with the super patriot, again, he doesn't seem like he's um, like he's mopey about it or, or anything like that. I think what it, when it comes down to is he's just realizing that you know for him once again the world has changed that he may be outdated as a superhero because the world is generating constantly uh, these new threats that are on a power level so far above him. So he was able to hold his own uh, against the Super Patriot, and there is a nice little flashback sequence of him fighting the Super Patriot, but he's, I, I think there's there's a slight difference between you know him feeling sorry for himself and him accepting his limitations and in this particular case i think he's coming to the hard realization that if super patriot hadn't backed off that you know cap is saying you know he he you know he says i fear he may, might have even beaten me and again i don't think that he uses the word fear but i i don't i don't think he means it in the sense of he's afraid of the guy he's just realizing that th this guy could have he could have had the fight because i i just could not stand up to him See, and it strikes me as a plot contrivance 
so that when Dr. Demento gets him in his machine, he has the moral <laughs> dilemma of whether or not to follow through on it. Sure. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like purely a plot contrivance as opposed to an organic story that developed. I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of wish maybe he had uh, gained super. I, I don't remember if he does from this or not. I don't think he does. But I could have actually gone for that because, I'll be honest with you, reading some of these older Cap stories as I've been doing recently, it is standing out to me quite a bit how, yeah, he's supposed to be, you know, peak of human perfection and everything, but again, you know, watching the Marvel movies that are coming out presently, I mean, Cap in those movies is superpowered. He He's not just you know, peak of human perfection, he has superpowers. He can yeah, well, jump he higher. Helped, he, he helped can... the helicopter with his bicep. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of wish that we'd gotten a bit of that in the comics. I, I know there was a brief stint in, I think it was the 70s, where he had superpowers and then, you know, they faded or whatever happened. But, and, you know, and he himself even references that. He says, I had super strength for a short time a couple of years ago. It, uh, it came in handy. It felt pretty good. So that's that's when he's considering, you know, should I undergo this? Should I regain super strength, essentially? And uh kind of wish he had. But I do like how this issue resolves with him. He, he has a whole great big huge monologue, which I just basically summed up with, you know, him saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it, which is essentially what it is. But he goes into all of his reasons, saying that, you know, yeah, I realize that, you know, I might not be as strong as some of these other guys, but, you know... I've been around, I'm, I'm battle-tested, you know, I, I've got my fighting style, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Well, and it sounds I, like he turned into uh, Stuart Smalley. Are exactly. you familiar with that at all? No. That's the <laughs> Al Franken character from Saturday Night Live. I deserve good things. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Daily Affirmation with Stuart Smalley. Stuart Smalley is a caring nurturer, a member of several 12-step programs, but not a licensed therapist. I'm going to do a terrific show today, and I'm going to help people because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. He's like, I, gosh darn it, I'm good enough. Yeah, I'm good enough, I'm strong enough, and gosh darn it, I I can do this. I, I just, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I generally like Grunewald, what I've read of him, but I, I, I just don't like this. It seems forced to me. It really does. It, the whole thing, like I said, it just feels like plot contrivances to give him a dilemma, and, and ultimately it doesn't, it just seems forgettable. Okay. What do you think, Bill? Sorry, I was looking up Stuart Smalley G- memes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can give Did you, you say a- Al Franken? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hate that guy. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Not a huge fan either, but that's besides the point. I'll put this in the chat so you can see. As soon as I can find the chat. Here we go. <laughs> what do you think of this? Yeah, you, you were supposed to be on the show. I wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I was I just put the meme up there. You can see Stuart Smalley. That's and he's even has blonde hair like Cap. Good enough, I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. He almost seems oh. like what's his name from Rudolph. This must be a long Dentist. time ago because Oh yeah, this is a long time oh, he hasn't ago. Been on okay. Yeah, twenty years. Oh, okay. 
So you're so you're telling me that when he walks in and he's getting scanned, they don't realize he's like already augmented. They could tell he's lying. Oh, he. I I want to say that there is something in the dialogue that says something about him already. No, because being it says augmented. likeness search, likeness search, not on file. Really? Nobody knows what Captain America looks like. They they couldn't. It's a pretty shitty computer, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Steve Rogers is he's known as Captain America. Right. So you're telling me, yeah, this, that, uh, I, <sighs> yeah, the art sucks. Let's just get that out of the way. I mean, it's really bad. What is with this, like the one before Cap gets shot? Why does he have his eyes closed when he gets, when he gets the, he, he gets the thump, thump, thump? Well, why does he look like he's 70? What, he's, his eyes are closed. He's like, actually, hey. he is. <laughs> <laughs> And he looks I, at one cheekbone. Looks like he's been punched right there because it looks like it's all swollen or well, something. Well, then look like down. His eyes down, are swollen shut. Down to the picture where the guy's got the gun, and and that guy looks like he's got his eyes closed. It's like they. It's like it's like all these were taken. They're like bad photos taken of people with their eyes closed. That's what it's every really panel looks there. like. That's what it looks like, and it sucks. Yeah. It's oh, terrible. I'm not defending the art. It's it's atrocious. Yeah, I agree with you. Stop and then you get Doctor Malice with the the, the black sunglasses. Like he's a beatnik from, <laughs> from, you know. You need a blade to cut the fog to uh, find the sea. Like the chicks are like a drum. Broken down bass and a nutty flu. Hello, baby. Yo, awful cute. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like the cap self-doubt. I really don't. But, I mean, I maybe this is... I, I can't remember if this is a self-doubt that leads to him not wanting to be the captain or the other little subplot that was in there about the, the government wants him and they don't want to pay him his back pay from 1945 or whatever, or 1944. Right. You know, what? Well, they, they did pay him. They gave him a million dollars, and now these assholes are going, well, what did he do to earn that? I'm thinking he was on ice for 50 years or whatever, you know? Give the guy a break. But, yeah, that's where all that goes. They should have put his status as reservist, and then they wouldn't have to pay, pay him so much. Something. So, ah, I mean, the story's not bad, but, yeah, the art is... Oof. And But, but as to D-Man... Uh, which is what we're talking about. I guess it's right. a good. I mean, it's an interesting. It's the origin of his costume, which is a mixture of, like, you know, it's Wolverine's mask and Daredevil's old original costume. Right. Which just, you know, uh, sucks. <laughs> uh, big red D. He him. He himself, though. I I gotta admit, at least in this one issue. I kind of liked him. He's... Well, yeah, yeah. D Man's likable, and 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 every appearance, <laughs> like 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 we said before, when because you and I talked before the show about how we didn't really like it in Avengers Return to where everybody doesn't want to be around him because they they think he stinks. Well, we looked up his history a little bit, and he had been living with like the Inuit people, and then he was he was like. Well, he was he, watching he had, over a group of homeless people. Well, yeah, he 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 was he was brain he around with Cap and the Falcon and Nomad for a time. So it almost became like a four man team. Yeah, and this was in the time when when Cap 
resigned as being Cap, and he became the Captain for a while. And D-Man was, you know, just another one of his friends. Not so much his partner or anything, but just another one of his friends, you know, another one of his, like, pseudo-sidekicks like the Falcon or like Nomad. And they went on some adventure where, much like Bucky, um, D-Man sacrificed himself to, yeah, it was, I don't know, it save was a, something. It was an experimental plane, and he was... Uh, yeah, oh. and he he was lost and presumed dead and then turned up later... Uh, you know. Oh again, no! It was like... it was with the flag smasher. It was a doomsday yeah. weapon on on a plane, and um, the uh, D man stayed on the plane to ensure that it crashed, much like Cap did in the movie. Yeah, Cap and Bucky. Yeah. yeah so that's that's kind of an interesting thing that that. Well, it was it was history repeating itself because he wound up being you know he wound up being uh, I don't know rescued or whatever by the Inuits. Right. You know, which is kind of like what Cap ha- happened with Cap when he was in the block of ice and everything. But eventually D-Man was rescued. And last we see him in Captain America proper was right at the very tail end of Grunwald's run where Cap stopped in to check on him very briefly at the beginning of issue 440. And he was living uh, with these... With the zero people? people? Essentially, zero people as kind of like their... I know they're not ruler, but like like the head of their community. Mm-hmm. And then you you fast forward a, a couple of years in time to when the heroes came back from the the heroes reborn Earth with heroes return and Avengers uh, volume three number one the heroes return Avenger you know period of Marvel comics is really the beginning of joke. D-Man, because up to that point, I would argue he wasn't a joke. I don't think Grunwald intended him to be a joke or, or, you know, to become the, you know, this, you know, like the butt of other people's humor or anything. I think he, you know, yeah, but we used him to, you know, whatever effect. But we checked that and and didn't you find that Grunwald was still writing him at that time as well, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like, huh, that's kind of a. Well, what I was looking for, I was trying to find out who made him homeless because I was really going to have an issue with with Grun uh, with um, Busick because it was wasn't it Busick that wrote Avengers yeah. Volume Three the beginning yeah it was him and Perez mm-hmm. and I was really going to have an issue with him if if he was the one that had made D Man homeless you know as part of this you know making fun of D Man thing. And he didn't. So in all fairness, he didn't originate that. Grunewald himself set that up. But even though Grunewald did it, I didn't get the impression in Cap 440, again, that he was doing it like, oh, this guy's just a joke now. You know, he, he, did, he hadn't descended that far. And Cap never said anything about him, you know, smelling or anything like that. He just went to him, he talked to him for a minute, and then it goes on with the rest of the story. And that's pretty much the last time we see him until Avengers 3, you know, Volume 3, Number 1. And in that, he's a bum. He's portrayed as, like, this this scuzzy homeless dude who just happens to show up to the, the massive call for all the Avengers to assemble. And in that story, I just feel like he's treated as if he's just a complete joke because everybody keeps commenting that he smells and he's drawn with, like, flies around him and... You know, wearing this overcoat over his costume, and his costume's looking kind of, kind of shaggy, and you know he's looking very shaggy and unkempt and everything. And then Hercules is constantly berating him and calling him 
uh, malodorous one and all these other things. And so, yeah, it's just really running down the character. And I, you know, Grunewald had not been dead that long when all that happened. And, you know, I realize D-Man is not some character to be revered, but at the same rate, to me, it comes off as almost disrespectful of Grunewald, who had, you know, say what you want about the run, you know, love it, hate it, whatever. You know, the guy had a hell of a long run and was very devoted to the character. Now, I have my own issues with with aspects of Grunewald's run myself, but overall, um, I think it was a good run, and, and I like some of the elements he brought to the character. So, I don't know, it's one of those weird things where it, it's it's weird enough when somebody takes somebody else's creation and, you know, does something that's counter to the character, maybe even killing off the character, like... Um, uh, Brubaker, you know, loved to just off so many of these, these minor cap characters and everything. But I think it's another thing entirely to do that when the person who came up with the characters is no longer with us. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm very curious what you guys think of that. I mean, is, is, you know, do you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, there's I, a, there's I, a I line, I think, between saying. being respectful and being disrespectful and, you know, being, you know, acknowledging you know, somebody else's creations, but not being slavish just because they're no longer with us. And, you know, where where do all those lines fall? You know what I mean? I think it, it becomes a difficult choice on how you handle it because, you know, with with the comic world being what it is, so many of these characters have been around for so long and have had so many issue, issues and stories told about them that, you know, it, it probably would be unfair to the current writers to ask them to have to show, you know, too much respect to the other characters. They have to be willing to play with them and make them their own. On the other hand, when they unceremoniously dispose of them and say, you know, this guy's a mort and we're going to just kill him off, instead of trying to say, hey, what was cool about this character? What can I do to make it cool again or to make it cool for the first time? I think that's much more of a challenge, and, and I appreciate it when the writers do that. But... There is a fine line, you know, like I said, I, I think you can't tie their hands too much. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to tell interesting stories if they just have to, you know, deify every character that somebody else created. Well, he will get some uh, redemption later, though, um, in his, you know, overall. He does he, he does shake off that uh, homeless persona and and, and such and... and um, well, it kind of goes up and down, and, and I guess, you know, our book, uh, my sec, my book will, will kind of get into that a little bit, I guess, when we get to it. Go ahead. Well, no, no, I mean, I just, well, we, we gonna rate this, or, uh. Oh, yeah, um. I guess we rate stuff on Avengers. Yeah, okay, so. Is, is this right. an Avengers spotlight we're doing, by the way? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's good, that means you're gonna, you're gonna edit it, Bill? Oh, man. <laughs> Yay. Alright, so as to the cover on this, um, I like it. I, I've seen better by these guys, so it's, it's not one of the, the greatest covers by this team, but I do like it a lot. I really like how Cap looks. I, I like how D-Man looks. It's really, it's the white negative space behind them, and the two goons that D-Man are fighting just don't look as defined as I'm used to by this, uh, you know art what? team. Cap only looks good from the waist up. Look at his, look, his lower region is not well defined. Uh, you, you are far no. too focused on Cap's lower region. That's today. not yeah. what I'm talking about. You stop it. You know what I'm talking about. It's just like they just. <laughs> I don't care whether his, I know it or not. I'm going to make. They the shaded his crotch stuff. black, and it's like then they drew. It, it, he like there's no. Maybe he wet himself. 
Who care about his crotch? Sorry. Yeah, I don't want to see his crotch much. Anyway, what do you what do you grade it? What do you grade? Uh, I'm gonna say a B minus on this one because I've seen much better by these guys, but it's not bad. Um, interior art. Ugh. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go a D minus on this because for I mean, D man. Yeah, I mean, there's very very few redeeming qualities. I kind of like. The opening splash, because I like how Cap looks bursting through the door, but even that looks funny because he almost looks like he's floating in. Um, yeah, there's there's very few panels in this that I really like. For the most part, I think it is a, a really good example of why you don't let Vinnie Coletta ink your shit. Um, the coloring is awful, too. Story? Um, I think I think I'm going to go a... Uh, I think I'm going to go a... C plus, B minus, I'll say C plus on the story because I like it. It's not the most original thing I ever read, and it's not the most interesting thing, but I, I thought it was a good story. I could follow it, and it in, it does intrigue me to go further because this is the point where I start to have a lot of gaps in my cap history because I started strong with the, the Grunewald stuff, uh, Grunewald, uh, stuff and much past the point where he becomes the captain is a great big blank spot to me um, and that, I, that I really need to get up to speed on at some point. So this kind of wet my appetite to want to dive back into that stuff, even despite the shitty art. So overall grade, um, I think I would go a C plus. It's better than the average cap story. Better than the average cap. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I'll give the cover a. B. Um, I don't mind the negative white space, but I do mind those the goofy guy that D Man's grabbing from you know that's behind him. That reminds me like a rat catcher or some some. Well, not just that. The way he's gripping his shirt, it's not. It's like it looks like more like he's shoved his fist into his chest than he's grabbing his shirt. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Right. It's like his fingers are jammed into his chest. Well, Um, he is super powered. Maybe he did. Oh yeah. Whoops. Sorry. And then, um, uh, yeah, the interior art, the demon, and uh, I'll give the story, uh, I guess I'll give it a C. So it sounds like I'm going on the same line uh, as you. Overall, C-plus for the book. Okay. Um, even though I'm you're not officially here, Paul. Even though I'm not here, I'm going to read the book anyway. Uh, the cover really isn't doing too much for me. I don't feel it's particularly special. I don't think it's bad. But I don't think it's particularly special either. I also don't like the white background. It just makes it look makes it look kind of unfinished. Um, I don't like the this particular Captain America logo. I didn't like, and I, I obviously I can't blame was that it, on the artist. Wasn't Zek famous for like a lot of plain backgrounds? Because I I remember one of his most famous posters is the is the one with the Punisher um, with the target um, with all the blood coming out of it. Because I actually have a signed Mike Zek poster of that, and I think Mike that was Zek. a cover as well. I, I like Mike Zek, but I do see deficiencies in his art when I look at it. Uh, some of his proportioning seems off to me when I when I see his stuff. So, like I said, I like him, but I don't think he's technically the best artist. Um, it's not a bad cover. I just don't think there's anything special about it. I don't think it stands out particularly. I don't think if I saw it on the newsstand, if I wasn't already inclined to buy it, I don't think this would get me to buy it. Um, so I'm going to just say a C. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. The interior art is a step down from the cover. Uh, I agree with pretty much all the points that Scott made about it. Uh, in particular, 
I don't think I would have realized how much I disliked the color job until you pointed it out to me. But once you did, it's like, oh, yeah, that is really just uninspired. Um, and then the art, like you say, uh, the detail work is done poorly. Uh, a lot of it's just pedestrian. It's, it's just nothing exciting about it. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say it's just above terrible. Because like I said earlier, when you look at it at a glance, you don't notice how bad it is until you start looking a little closer. Uh, so I'm going to just say a D on the uh, interior art. And I don't like the way Cap is characterized in the story. I, I don't, I just don't care for it. So I'm going to say a C minus on the story. Uh, I, I don't think it's Mark Grunewald's best work. So overall, I'm going to give the book a C minus. I'm just looking at, uh, I guess Cap is fighting the wrestlers. Uh, it's page six in the book. Top of the page on the right panel. Looks like Cap is wearing a diaper. You see the one I'm talking about? <laughs> when he comes flying down and hits the, uh, hits, hits the lady, mm-hmm. the lady wrestler. Look out below, my diaper's full. Bonk. <laughs> That's, you know, you said he looks like a 70 year old man and he's wearing depends. Ah. <laughs> uh. So not, not, you know, not the most uh, compelling book as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the Lumberjack. Isn't that what he's called? Jersey? No, Jesus. Yeah, Lumberjack. That's the guy with the, like, the the first guy that makes takes note of him. The guy with the dumbbell when Cap comes in. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the next page over says, Jersey, Steamlord, come on, Lumberjack's putting a rookie through the paces. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the Kingfisher yeah, Nomad. Who- who works out with that outfit? I am a lumberjack and I am okay. I take a shower with the man and take salt. Well, never mind. <laughs> and hang around in showers. <laughs> I hand out all the towels. No, never mind. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sweats all night and he washes all day. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. On Wednesdays I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. He cuts down trees, eats his lunch, he goes to the lavatory. I cut down trees, I skip and jump, I like to press wildflowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. I cut down trees, I skip and jump, he likes to press wildflowers. He puts on women's clothing and hang around in bars. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay, I sleep all night and I work all day. I cut down trees, I wear He'll suspend his and a bra. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear papa.
Should we just get Don't on you to the have next? To be up at like four thirty. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's it's almost ten <laughs> o'clock, so that gives me six and a half hours of sleep if I went to bed now. But I'm I not. could leave at any time because I wasn't supposed to be here. Because you're not invited. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what book do you have, Bill? I have a book provided by you because oh, I was gosh. like, oh, yeah, you don't remember this one? Yes, I do. Oh. But I don't remember what number it is. It is, is Captain America Volume. What did you say this was? Six. Scott, yes. Yep. Number twelve with Brubaker, Zerker, and Mounts. Zercher. Zercher. Pat, Pat Zercher is the artist. Ed Brubaker is the writer. Oh, yeah. Paul Mounts is the color. VC Joe's Karamanga. Karamanga. Karamanga is the letter. Bunga, 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 bunga. John. What I Denny say. What I say. <laughs> is the assistant editor. Man, what is with new comics? We've got assistant editor, editor, editor in chief, chief creatives officer, publisher, executive producer, whatever. I'm not naming all them people. The hell with the hell with you. Come on, give me the artist. The hell with this crap. So, are we? You want me to read a pre-canned or just blur through it, uh, Doctor Bill style? I wasn't even supposed to be here. All right, so you have no... no. Wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> oh, my God, the dog's in here, and he can't... Fig- you are a stupid dog. You cannot figure out how to get out a door. I don't feel it's too, you know. Come on, <laughs> I'll let you out. <laughs> you don't call the cat stupid. <laughs> you think, you know, he came through the door one way. You figure he could... You've always loved the cat more than you love me. He can figure out how to <laughs> nudge his nose again. I mean, a cat puts his claw up and opens the door on his own. The dog stands there and looks at the door and turns around and looks at me like, I can't open it, I got no thumbs. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop talking about the cat. (laughs) Stick your schnout in there and push the door open. You're smart. His schnout? Schnout. 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 That's, uh... Did you just come here from Czechoslovakia? His schnout? (laughs) Schnout. Schnout, 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 schnout. Anyway, our cover has Cap ready to lay a beat down on somebody with a sniper rifle pointed at him, or just a regular uh, rifle with a big old scope. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do is this. That, doc- is that just right off the bat? Is that technically? I I am not a firearms person, but is it correct to have the the sight off to the side like that? Maybe if you're left-handed. Isn't the sight supposed to be directly above the barrel? <laughs> it should be. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it looks like there is one above the barrel. See it. Yeah, so why do you have the telescopic sight there two um, inches over? <laughs> maybe it's a laser pointer? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody who knows about firearms could say, no, no, you could do that and have it on an angle. and it'll Maybe work. it flips down. But I would think if you're having it at an angle, now you're looking at there's one point where that angle is going to work, and then if you go 20 feet beyond it, you're going to be shooting to the left of where you're shooting. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just that good. Maybe, maybe. It's, anything's possible. So the name of our, this is Shock to the System. Shock Don't the Monkey. Don't you know you're gonna shock the monkey? Eh, eh. Part two, so we're coming in in the middle of, of a storyline. A new scourge is on the loose. Tonight we're on the loose. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's beating the bejesus out of a punching bag in a gym somewhere when a shadowy figure stands behind him and says, What's the problem? It wasn't supposed to be like this. The girl. Why was she there? Well, we find out that he's talking to our favorite red-headed douchebag of the Marvel Universe, Peter Henry Guyrich! Or Henry Peter Guyrich. Or Guyrich Peter Henry, depending on how you want to say his name. 
He's the redheaded uh, douchebag that's been oh a thorn in everybody's side side for years and years and years and years. And years. So anyway, he's uh, our uh, scourge is all PO'd because someone was at a mission that wasn't supposed to be, and they got hurt. And then we cut to Cap running through a hospital, coming upon a doctor, just you know intimidating the crap out of him. And we find that this is Rachel, a.k.a. Diamondback, and Dum Dum Dugan is there as well. And um, Cap decides he's going to go after who did this, and Dum Dum's going to go too. They get in a flying car. They meet up with Sharon, Sharon Carter, Agent 13, woman who killed them but didn't kill them. But that's another storyline that we're not getting into right now. So they go off, they head into a, um, a train um, train tunnel and out of, uh, that they believe to be the entrance to a Hydra base. And they find a, a very convenient bum sleeping. Ah, but it's not a bum because Cap just wings his shield at him. And I guess it's lucky for Cap that that wasn't a bum sleeping in the alley or else he'd be subject to a lawsuit right now. But he takes out the Hydra Guard, and they go in, they infiltrate the base, and as they're doing it, they're like, you know, this is pretty damn easy. I think we were meant to find out this this info. Because they pull a bunch of uh, video scans out, take it back to Sharon, and they see that Peter Henry Geirich has been brainwashed by Hydra hypnotic implantation. So... They decide, hmm, this was easy. They want us to know that he's working, and Cap gets all pissed off and punches out a... Um, a monitor screen, which I'm sure will come out of his uh, back pay, but since he got all that back pay, I guess he could easily afford monitor, unless they've taken it away for some reason right now. But anyway, so they still don't know who the new Scourge is, but they know it's not Gyrich under that map. map. Speaking of which, we find Gyrich has now decided he's going to leak to a local newspaper reporter that the government has been stashing dozens of mass murderers and supervillains in in small towns making deals with them. And, in fact, that is who Scourge was actually going after at the behest of Gyrich. So, he offers the information to the reporter and says, "Are you gonna, do you have the guts to run with the story or do I have to call the post? Next, we jump to um, Cap and Sharon are talking about um, tracking down Gyrich, blah, blah, blah. Then we skip back to Manhattan and we find the Rattler is killed by Scourge, but Scourge is revealed to be none other than D-Man. Dum, 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 dum. Demolition Man, super strong ex-wrestler, one-time friend of Captain America. Next issue, the sentence is death, as we see Scourge leaning or or menacingly above Captain America with Cap's shield raised high, ready to lop off Cap's head from the back. And that was a modern-day comic that I was able to synopsize pretty quickly, you I think. Good. As always, it's, uh, I mean, the art is better than the last comic we read. That's not a very high bar to yeah. jump over. Yeah, yeah. But it is, but it's still very, it's very quick, moves very fast, and, you know, I read this whole thing in just mere, you know, mere, mere minutes compared to the other one, which, you know, took, I don't know, might have took me like 10 minutes to read, but this one was like just a few minutes. Right. But again, this is the day of the trade and we're right in the middle of a storyline. Um, so, yeah, the, I hadn't read any of this, so I don't really I'm not 100 percent sure where it goes, although I did peek ahead into D-Man's chronology, excuse me, to see what happens to him. I don't know if we should spoil that. What do you guys think? Should we spoil it for the people at home? Yeah, good. Um, 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, basically, uh, he's getting ready to um, take out Cap, and Sharon Carter shoots him, <laughs> kills him. <laughs> Bam! So is that the next issue you think that that happens? I don't know. It's it's a it says it's a um, hold on. Let me see. Bailey shoots him. It was in number fourteen, so it was two issues after. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they must fight for a whole another issue. Fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. The Cappy and D show. The Cappy and D man show. Hmm. So yeah, it's a interesting. Dum Dum Dugan. So this is this is before Original Sin. When it's yes. So is this a because in Original Sin it was revealed that Dum Dum Dugan is a life model decoy? What? Oh, you didn't read that? Surprise! No, Spoiler. I did not. I did not read that. Did and you, and do you mind not having read that? Having gotten the no. spoiler, don't you feel like hey, I'm glad I didn't read that? Yeah. Oh yeah, because Nick Fury's like uh, I don't know. It's it's yeah yeah. Apparently, Dum Dum Dugan has been a a life model decoy for years, which explains why he's always young. Not I that guess. Young. Uh, I mean, he's not 90 like he should be. But... Right, right, yeah. So, spoiler for anybody who hadn't read Original Sin, plus Nick Fury. Well, never mind. I, I won't spoil all of it if you want to uh, go read it. But uh, I'm, I'm planning it, to read... Having read Original Sin, I don't recommend it. I didn't, is that I didn't... is that the one where the, the Watcher's eyes got stolen? Yeah, That's the one. Yeah, and everybody's secrets got revealed. I, you know, it seems to me I did read that, but I, I don't know. The it, fact that it didn't make a hell of an impression, or I didn't finish it, one of the two. Like, one of the big secrets was that t- Tony Stark actually tinkered with the Gamma Bomb, which actually Yes, see, I remember that. Yeah. I, I, I know I read the, there was like a four-issue mini that was tied in with that, and I read that mini, and, and I remember liking that. There was a particularly so, bad one, in my opinion, where uh, the Human Torch did something that screwed up... Uh, a cure for the thing and mm. now the thing was you know gonna hold it against human torch forever meanwhile in, how many times to- did reed richards screw that up and, and right and there was at least two times off the top of my head that i could think of where reed said okay i finally have a machine that can cure you and the thing would like crush it and say no i decided i want to stay this way and it, <laughs> you know, and, like, and it was the thing's own psyche that was keeping him from becoming human half the time too Exactly. So that, 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 that really grim. seemed like a bad, bad use of the characters there, and there was a lot of that in, in, in original sin. I thought, it, you know, and it also was one of these books that tended to shrink the universe because now everybody was involved in everybody else's origin, and I, I just didn't like it. Hmm. Wasn't for me. Anyway, talking about this book, uh, one of the things about this book that jumps out at me is this was in that era. That lasted for quite a while, and I see, think we're at kind of out of it now. But well, now we got a whole new universe. But where they had to make the coloring in every book, oh, just kind of muted and muddy looking, dark. Everything's dark. Yeah, and I, I really didn't like that. They seem to have gotten by it to a large extent now. They don't really do that so much anymore. Even but, shots during the daytime look dark. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't appreciate that. Or like everything looks like it's in twilight. Like it's very weird. They're all sparkly vampires. Oh, God. I mean, even in the hospital, hospitals are supposed to be usually very well lit. This is going to be the darkest hospital I've ever seen. Yeah, hospitals, if anything, have harshly bright light. Yeah, just piercing, and this is just, ugh. It's like depressing hospital. It, it, well, it's, it's like a hospice. <laughs> have you read this run, Paul? Uh, I was reading this when it came out. I remember reading this issue, and I'm pretty sure I read most of this run at the time. 
didn't make a tremendous impression on me. I, I, I can't say like. Well, what was the know, motivation? How, how did you know how D-Man became Scourge? Like what? How I did believe, he? I believe, if my memory is correct, he was being brainwashed. Oh yeah. Well, because prior to this, he had joined the Revengers, the the team that Wonder Man um, was getting together. I think there may have been a Captain, uh, a Doctor Faustus influence in this one. Hmm. I'm not sure about that, but I think that big fat bastard. Oh, sorry. See, that makes it a little more. So here's the weird thing about this. I really liked this issue, and I liked it so much that uh, I'm actually going to read this run because I I petered out on Captain America Volume 5, which was the uh, the first Ed Brubaker run. I forget exactly where, but it was somewhere right around the time when, after Cap had been killed, and then he came back because that really shitty little miniseries that brought him back. Where he went through time. Yeah, mm. that I just thought that was stupid. Mm-hmm. So I, I petered out on the first Ed Brubaker run right around that point. Plus, I just felt like it was running out of steam and running out of ideas. So I was really surprised when Bill uh, sent me this copy to find out that Volume 6 is, yet again, Brubaker. So I'm like, whoa, really? And so I had never read this issue before, and I I got to admit, I really liked it. I was very intrigued by it. I think it's really interesting. And it's also weird because I almost liked it despite myself because it does a number of things that, frankly, were beginning to annoy me with the first Ed Brubaker run. And one of those is, you know, I, I, it almost feels like Ed Brubaker's whole shtick with these two runs of Captain America basically comes down to taking um, obscure elements, or in some cases not so obscure elements, of Cap's mythos and just kind of pissing on them. And, you know, I, I could forgive that one or two times, but it just seemed like that became kind of his thing, to just keep bringing back these different elements and tainting them and and taking them off, you know, eventually taking them off the table. So, you know, he brings back Bucky, which I still, you know, you guys know how I feel about that, so I'm not going to go into that again. But then he also brought back Jack Monroe just to sully him and kill him off. And a couple of other characters, too, and now we're finally getting to D-Man. Now, granted, I have no great love of D-Man, but here, again, you've got a character who in Cap's, you know, in his original run in Cap, D-Man's original run in Cap, was always portrayed as a, as a, as a likable guy, a fairly noble, everyman kind of hero. And now all of a sudden in this, he's a cold-blooded murderer. And I'm just like, you know, hmm. there's, there's writing interesting stories and doing new things with characters, and then there's just taking somebody else's creations and just kind of pissing on them. And with this particular thing, that's kind of how it feels here, because, come on, this is so far out of character for D-Man. That said, I'm intrigued enough that I want to read the rest of the series. So you tell me, is that a, is that a you know, is that a fail or, or, or is it a succeed? Because, you know, at the end of the day, he makes me want to read, you know, the rest of the run. So I, I don't know what the hell that says, but well, this was it's like, interesting. Well, this was like two to three years before... Everything was going to get rebooted, so maybe they were. And right. I know they did a lot of. I, I, it's. I haven't read anything new in Marvel since just um, prior to Secret Wars, but I know it right. seemed like there was a lot of wacky stuff that they were just throwing at the wall because they could, because everything was going to end, and they were just doing crazy crap. Right. And I don't know if this was just, you know, what, you know, we know we're coming to an end soon, so we're just going to do what we want to do and make this guy a villain and. 
I don't know. I don't know if that was the plan or we do know that uh, he's. Uh, da, 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 da. I mean, like in, in the new timeline, he's partners with um, Sam Wilson, who is now Captain America. Um, yeah. So and yeah. D- does Scourge's outfit in this remind either of you guys of uh, uh, what's his name? Um, shit. From Civil War, from the movie Civil War. Crossbones. Uh, Crossbones. Crossbones. Oh, Crossbones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It really heavily reminded me of that. Outfit. It looks more like, yeah, this, yeah. He looks more this, ver- yeah. Crossbones in Civil War looks more like Scourge than Crossbones in the comic book. Yeah. Yeah, I think mm. so, too. Because when this first started, when I when I first opened it up and started reading it, that part where he's pounding the, um, the punching bag at the beginning, I thought it was Crossbones. Yeah. I actually did as well. How old is Gyrich? This guy's been around forever. I thought Gyrich was dead. I think he. I think he's no. Way. I think he's been dead before, but he got better. Yeah, he died. He died in the X Men movie. See, that's where no, I was, I was I, thinking been, about that. Thinking, am I thinking he's dead because of the X Men movie, or am I thinking he's dead no, because I read a story? I remember where he died him being that. dead in either one of my X Men stories or an Avengers. He's he's has to have been dead. I know something happened to him where he, I don't know, he fell from grace or fell out of power or something because in the, in Avengers Volume 3, they had a new liaison uh, who was that little black dude. And I remember that guy saying something about, uh, Gyrich, you know, what had become of Gyrich, essentially. And I, I think it had something to do with, uh, uh, you know, he lost power or, was in disgrace or something like that. So maybe that's why I was thinking he was dead. Cause he was kind of dead as a character, if you know what I mean. So I, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, as, as soon as he popped up in this, I thought, what, isn't he dead? So I don't know. Well, either he yeah, is or he you should know me, be. I, yeah. I'm just scanning through. He was involved with the dire. See, I thought he got killed around the time of the dire rates, but maybe that was, that was the other government liaison that, Oh, the I, yeah, I know Cooper, the guy you're talking. Was she killed by the diorates? But then she uh, came back. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, see, as soon as this guy popped up, my, my first thought was, oh, cool. And then I thought, why am I seeing cool? Because I always hated this guy. So it's it's only cool and, and nostalgic in the sense of he's one of those classic characters from, you know, the, the old, you know, the, the Burn and Perez stuff. But in that stuff, he's actually minute. an asshole. So, yeah. Hold on, I'm just reading here. Gyrich is promoted to succeed Valerie Cooper as the head of commission of superhuman activities. While there, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker secretly places Gyrich under the control of nanites. Who's nanites? Gyrich <laughs> uses commission resources and remolds the vigilante nomad into the assassin Scourge. Scourge. Scourge, whatever. Scourge. And attempts to live right. out his fantasy of killing all the world's superhumans before being stopped by the thunder, by the thunderbolts. So this is not the first time they've gone down this road with this character. I didn't know that. Right, right. That's kind of interesting. I'm still reading to see if he's died yet, but... Uh, so Gyrich was behind Jack Monroe being Scourge? That's what it says, yeah. Wow. So this is not a new... So they rehashed an old plot line. Yeah. Well, I knew that Jack had been Scourge for a time. Oh, maybe this... he was revealed in... God, what was it? I think that's Thunderbolts, like, number 50, I think, something like that, yeah. which is a... I, I, I may have the issue number wrong, but it was a really good issue where it was Scourge versus um, Baron Zemo, hmm. and they led you along with that because you were oh, yeah. you were starting. They were they were giving you false clues to make the, make you think that Scourge was actually Bucky. 
like the original Bucky. And uh, and eventually he was revealed to be Jack Monroe. And it was one of those things where once they revealed it, I'm like, oh, of course, you know, all the clues were there, but you didn't really see it because they, of all the misdirection, thinking it was Bucky, which it was, just not the not Bucky Barnes. That was a good story. I wouldn't mind covering that on the show sometime. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And that was the where um, they showed Bucky's costume. And whichever whichever arm it is that the Winter Soldier lost, that is the artificial arm, in that particular story, Zemo has Bucky's outfit, Bucky's actual costume. And it was the other arm that was missing. <laughs> and I always wonder if Brubaker got the idea for the missing arm from you know, that picture of the costume in Thunderbolts, even though it was the opposite arm. I just thought it was interesting that both both of them had the idea that when Bucky died, you know, his arm got blown off or, or oh, you know, okay. something happened to it. But as I say, in, in that particular story, it was the other, it was the opposite arm. So, in, in, like in the comics, it's what? It's like his left arm, I think, right? Uh, right? I, I don't know. It's the left arm? Yeah, I think so. Is the artificial one, but in the in that particular story, it would have been the I guess the right arm that was that was missing. But anyway, you know what? It doesn't say anything. He's ever died. He's been a douche. He's been taken over. He's been tortured. <laughs> he's worked with he's worked with Department H. He's worked with the Initiative. He's worked with Ron the Space Knight. Or stuff with the Forge and the Dire Rates. And uh, he became a target of the Prime Sentinels. But man, apparently he's never. I can't see where he's died. Hmm. Just keeps going, going, going. Yeah, he's a dick. Peter Henry Guyrich. Dick! Oh. <laughs> well, what's our what's our final verdict on D-Man? Well, we, we like him, we hate him. We want to rate... He's still a loser. We want to we we rate the book first before we do our... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Cover, it's pretty. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, but it's not... Uh, you know, it's just one of those modern-day covers that may or may not have, be on the inside of the book. Uh, this reminds me of the. Uh, did you get the promo issue of Captain America that Taco Bell gave away? Ooh, does he eat tacos? A couple years back. <laughs> no. Does he like get ready to smash a burrito like in that same pose? All it is is it's it's a regular issue of the Brubaker run just with a different like a special promotional cover on it. <laughs> and that's that's what this cover reminds me of. It reminds me of the promotion the Taco Bell promotional issue that they gave away. Wow, that's, you know that's how generic the cover is. You know what I just noticed? Doesn't I don't know if it's the angle. Is it the A on his, um, the A? Is it the star on his chest all out of proportion? Or are they trying to make it look like that because his arms are raised? Yeah, I think it's the angle. Yeah, I still think it's, uh, I don't like it. I don't know. Stinks. I'll give it, uh, I'll give the cover. It stinks and I don't like it. Stinks the high, stinks his kickback. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I want to be impressed by it, but I'm not. So it's a B. Um, the interior art is, dark but better than what we just looked at so hmm. even though it's better i'm still only going to give it a c plus because i just think it's too dark um because i'm old and i can't see the story the story's pretty quick <laughs> moves along real fast uh you know not much happens in the issue except right. the big reveal so i'm think i'm going to give that hmm, a c plus so overall we're looking at a c plus for this book for me right Okay. Um cover I don't like it. It's it's just generic. You know, it tells you nothing of the story inside. It's, you know, it's just your typical 
I was going to say post-revenge. I don't, I don't think it's poster-worthy, so it's almost like a, uh, you know, it's just a splash page. But, yeah, the proportions are weird. Cap looks really beefy and, like, he's gassy or something. I, I just don't care for it. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go a C-minus on the cover. I don't think it's, I don't think it's very good. Um, interior art, though, um, I liked. I liked Pat Zertra. I was really surprised to see that this is him in this, although, it is dark, it's a little muddy, it's very heavily inked, um, and it's with that modern uh, styling that I, I'm not particularly fond of. I, I think they're trying to go for a movie feel, and it's, again, it's like a movie that's too dark. Actually, um, watch it in 3D. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it does. It, it looks a little funny. Um, it's not bad, it's just, yeah, it, it needs to be a little... Uh, this is a funny thing to say after the issue we just reviewed, but it needs to be a little brighter. It needs to be a little, <laughs> you know, a little bit we're like, better lit. We're like at the opposite ends of the spectrum here with coloring. Right, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We went from super happy to, damn, it's too dark, turn we, up the lights. We went so. from, and I'm going to le- lean back when I say this, we went from color to right color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, as far as the artwork goes... Um, I'm going to say a a B minus. There's a lot of room for improvement, and again, most of that has to do with uh, the lighting, the inking, the lighting, and the coloring. Just um, it needs to be thinner on the inks, brighter on the colors, and uh, and just better lit overall. Um, but the art itself, I think, is very good. It's just not getting a chance to shine because of all the the other factors. Um, story itself is really hard to rate because, you know, it's super decompressed. It's part of a much larger story. And you're, we're just kind of thrown into it without really knowing what the hell is going on. But that said, I would have to give it a pretty decent grade just by the fact that it intrigues me. It makes me want to read more of this story. So on that level, uh, I think I'm going to give it a B minus just for the intrigue factor. I, I would go a straight up B, but the minus is because despite having a brief, um, you know, previously in Captain America at the beginning of it, I still don't feel like I'm up to speed. You know, if, if you're going to throw me in the middle of a story, then do something to get me up to speed a little bit better. Throw some exposition, you know, exposition in there or something. Let me know exactly. Okay, what the hell is going on? Um, and they're so focused on this cinematic approach. That they're they're not really giving you quite everything you need, but but like I say, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's interesting, uh, and I do like this cap uh, characterization of Captain America much better uh, than what we had with like say the Grun- Grunwald issue. And I I know that might seem sacrilegious to some people, but I just do. This is much more in yeah, line Cap's, with movie Cap. Yeah, Cap's pretty confident. I mean, yeah, you, I like that. This isn't Cap from Avengers 18 that we did. Or even 16 that we did, and then from the issue we just just covered on the show, it's it's Cap with confidence. I like Cap being he's confident. He's not an asshole. He has a temper, but he's not a jerk, and uh, and he's he's human. You know, he he has you know he has his, his foibles and everything, but at the end of the day, um, he's heroic, and I like that. That's that's a very difficult. Uh, way to portray a character, and uh, and he is portrayed really, really well in this. You know, so I can't fault Brubaker for his characterization of Cap. I think he does do a really good job with Cap. My my issues with Brubaker really have to do with Cap's supporting cast. I don't think he treats them respectfully in a lot of ways. He just uses them as cannon fodder. 
a lot of them, and uh, and I I'm not sure how I feel with that. I, again, I think you can get away with that once, maybe twice, but when you just keep doing it over and over and over again and cleaning out his backlog of supporting characters, then it starts to become it starts to feel very disingenuous after a while. Like you don't have respect for the character's history when you just keep divesting him of so much of it. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just how I feel about it. No, that makes sense. Um, but what was your, what was your overall on it? Uh, overall grade, um, I think I will go overall grade of B minus because I, I did dig it. I really did. I, you know, all combined, uh, I, I'm intrigued enough to come back. Okay. Uh, cover, I don't disagree with what you guys said. Uh, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it gives you really a feel for the story. It, it's an attempt at a poster image, but like you said, Scott, probably not good enough to, you know, actually be a poster. Uh, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. It's kind of weird where Cap's feet might be. <laughs> just, just he's got no legs! That. He's, he's got he's got one stump, um, and, it, and it looks like ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> he's got one stump, and it looks particularly out of proportion, actually. Um, I'm gonna go home, D man. I'm gonna say just a straight up C on it. It's not terrible. It's not good. It's just there. The interior art, I agree, is better. I don't like the muddy coloring, but the muddy coloring was the trope of the day when this came out. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass for that. Uh, overall, I think the storytelling is pretty good. The action's pretty brisk. Characters show emotion on their face. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say a B on the interior art. Story-wise, I think it is it does you know it, it is terribly decompressed. It's a five-minute read at best, but it's entertaining and it does make you want to have more. So I'm going to say a B on the story as well, and overall I'll give it a B minus. Cool. So we uh, so now we have any final thoughts on D Man? Yeah, you weren't supposed to cover him. <laughs> well, just think now. Now that we've got Demon out of the way, we can get Scott's other favorite Avengers character, Ooh. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Ta-da! Gotcha, bitch!